Warning, some members of this podcast have been known for gratuitous use of the F word. If the F word is something that offends you, fuck it, let's do this. Awesome. Hit the theme music, Doug. Hello, everyone. Welcome to an Ignore the Rant special. This one's for all you um, rebellious rockers out there. Our uh, tribute to the great Edward Van Halen. Yes, sir. And uh, that's what we tried to do this last week, but I just didn't have it in me. You know, I kept uh, kept breaking down, ain't going to lie. Really hard week. <clears throat> but I've had a week to live with it, a little more than a week. And it's still really not any better, but um, at least I, I think I can make it through it now. There you go. And hopefully, if nothing else, this can be kind of cathartic. Yes. Get some of those things out there. Um, before we hit record, we were listening to some Van Halen. Some of the best Van Halen, in my opinion. The um, best. I agree with you. I, I, I'll say that with you. <laughs> hey, we're <laughs> we're in lockstep there, Doug. Yes, yes. <laughs> we were listening to the album Fair Warning, which if you're listening to us and you don't know about the album Fair Warning by Van Halen, stop what you're doing immediately and go listen to that album. Yes. Seek it out any way you can. Yes. I, I'm going to start this. Uh, I'm going to start this with... Uh, what he meant to me, yes. what Eddie Van Halen meant to me. Um, I had basically two heroes, had my dad and Eddie. That was it. Mm-hmm. And um, 1981, I will never forget this year. 1980, my parents got divorced. Um, so there was, you know, there was a lot of, a lot of craziness going on in my family. My sister who is just uh, four years older than me. She got pregnant, very young age, wound up having a baby, wound up getting married. All of, all of this comes together in my story. Yeah. So in 1981, um, I had been playing drums. I started on the drums. I played, I started probably 1979, I started playing drums. And... How- Sorry, real quick. How old were you in this and, time period? Uh, uh, 1979, I would have been 11 going on to 12 years old. Okay. Um, so, 1979, I started playing drums. Um, I got them for Christmas when I was 10. So, then I turned 11 and 12. And um, in 1980, I was 13 years old. My parents had got divorced. And it was just a, it was a really shitty year, just a really shitty year. And <clears throat> I had heard Van Halen, my sister, um, before she moved out, you know, I'm the youngest of four children. My sister, once my sister moved out, it was only me left. That was it. Um, my parents were pretty much done with kids by the time I came around. So I caught the short end of the stick most of the time. So, when my sister moved out, she left her stereo, and I didn't have a stereo at the time. I, I 
had no no way to play records, no way to listen to tapes, none of that. Mm-hmm. And when my sister moved out, I got her stereo. And so I started listening to albums. I had my Kiss albums, you know, I had albums by uh, the Sex Pistols. And, I, you know, I was just, I was into some crazy shit. And um, my sister had Van Halen 1. And she loved the song Jamie's Crying. I remember she would listen to that song over and over and over again. So that was basically the only song I knew off of Van Halen 1 because she would listen to it over and over. So I knew I knew about Van Halen. I uh, wasn't really, you know, didn't really know a lot about him, but I knew about him. And um, so in 1980, Back in Black came out, which was at the time it was it was just like a bomb went off. It was a huge album. Now you have to remember this is the first album after Bon Scott died with ACDC. Uh, Brian Johnson came in. They did a tribute album to Bon Scott which was back in black, it instantly just went apeshit everywhere. It was like the biggest it thing. Was, yes, it was the biggest, it was the biggest rock album ever at that time. Yeah. So everyone was, <clears throat> everyone was listening in, into the ACDC thing in 1980. And, and during 1980, um, <clears throat> I quit playing drums because when my parents got divorced, I had nowhere to play my drums. I had nowhere to set them up anymore. So, um, we get into 1981, and it, this this is this is the moment that this this is the moment I will never forget. Um, I had heard, like I said, I had heard Van Halen. I uh, thought it was killer. You know, the guitars were killer and everything. But in 1981, my sister and my brother-in-law, my new brother-in-law and brother-in-law, had bought a house, and. Um, they had moved in, and my niece was very young. Um, she was uh, she was like maybe a year and a half old. You know, I think she was born in eighty, and this was in eighty one. And um, so in nineteen eighty one, I'm sitting in the living room of their house, and my brother in law had this massive fucking stereo system. It was killer. It was all the component stuff. And he had four huge speakers on each end of the room. Oh my God. And so when I would, you know, I was like, and I'd go in there and listen to it, you know, that back in black, I'd just crank it up and he'd come in there bitching at me. And, you know, <laughs> so I mean, he, he never let me touch his stereo, but I always did anyway. Yeah, of course. So he worked uh, second shift, his job. And on weekends, my sister would ask me to come and just hang out with her while he was at work. And so every Friday night, there was a radio station in Florida that we could pick up in Alabama that would play an album in its entirety every Friday night. Mm -hmm. And um, the album coming up for that Friday night, I had been hearing the advertisements for, was Fair Warning. And now this is before the album came out, right? This is a week before the album actually goes on sale. Yeah. So I told my sister, I was like, you know, I want to listen to this to this album, you know. Mm-hmm. And and my niece was very young and asleep and in and, and her room. And and I've got this stereo in the living room that's just fucking awesome. Just begging and to I be just turned up. I just want to crank the damn thing just up. Just begging know? to be turned up. So, so I'm sitting, uh, I will never forget this. They had a sectional sofa. And the sectional had the, you know, the thing you put your feet on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the and recliner yeah, part. Yeah, yeah. 
And I was sitting on that part. I will never forget this as long as I live. I remember the DJ on the radio saying, this is it. The new one from Van Halen, fair warning, enjoy. That was his last word. When he dropped the fucking needle on that album, the next 32 seconds changed my life forever. Completely. Totally fucking blown away. Yeah. It was the introduction to Mean Street. Mm-hmm. Now, for people that aren't familiar with this, please listen to that. That had an effect on me that I feel to this day. Yeah. Um, I had never heard a guitar sound like that. Never. I was like, what the fuck is he doing? Yeah. And all I wanted to do was go back and hear it again. But of course I can't. Because it's the radio. To it on the radio. Yeah. So the next 30 minutes, which this album is like 31 minutes long, I believe it is. And yeah. for the next 30 minutes, it just kept getting, my mind just kept getting more blown and blown and blown up. Just totally fuck away. Yeah. I had never heard any guitar sounds like this in my life. And from that moment, I knew I had to get a guitar. Yeah. That was my mission in life, was to get a fucking guitar. Not a guitar, an electric guitar. That was my mission in life. And so I started bugging my dad. You know, now my dad, now <laughs> yeah. I, my dad, you got to you got to realize my dad was going through a divorce. Yeah. And at the time, uh it was it was just real it was he was having a really hard time. Yeah. And um so my dad met a lady. Uh this was this was his second wife. Uh Got married quick. He did got married really quick too. Uh, he met this lady. Uh, they started dating. They got married. <clears throat> now this is in probably they got married in probably in the summer. Mm-hmm. You know, of like eighty uh, two. Yeah, of 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 eighty one. Of nineteen eighty one. Still in eighty one. We're still in eighty one. Got it. Uh, my dad. My dad started dating this lady, and then they wound up getting married. Like I said, fairly quick. Uh, didn't last either. <laughs> I think they were divorced in eighty two. But. Uh, Christmas of 1981, I had been begging my dad, begging him for a guitar. I guess he felt, you know, kind of spry for Christmas that year or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, he takes me to a music store where he knew the people that owned the music store. And he asked him how much it would cost for me to get a guitar and an amp. I didn't know he had actually bought it that day. Uh-huh. And uh and he gave it to me for Christmas. Now, I've never played a guitar in my entire life, right? I uh, got this little shitty amp. It's got one knob on it. Uh, one volume. knob. It, it it's the on and off switch and the volume knob. That's it. <laughs> yeah. And um I've got this shitty amp and the guitar was a Kent SG copy. Now, an SG is a Gibson guitar with a double cutaway. If you don't know what it is, uh, what think Black Angus, Sabbath. Angus Young. Angus Young, yes. Yeah. Angus Young plays one. Tony Iommi plays one. Yeah. Uh, so, this was a Kent. It was a copy of that. Mm-hmm. And the strings were really high off the fret fretboard, the oh, action. So, man. it was really hard to hit, to hit the strings. Fuck you your know, fingers to play up. the strings. <laughs> yeah. So, I get that for Christmas. And by probably, I don't know, maybe the summer. Well, let me say this first. This is another thing that I am so glad I got to do. On Christmas Day, I got the guitar. 
I took it and showed it to my grandmother. Now, my grandmother, at the time, uh, all my other grandparents were dead, except my grandmother. She was the only only one alive. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got my guitar on Christmas Day, and I was like, I got to go show my grandmother. So I go to her house, and I show her the guitar, right? Mm-hmm. She does something that totally fucking blows my mind. She plays a song on my guitar. And it's sitting there singing while she's playing my guitar. Now, my grandmother, I knew she played piano. She was always a great piano player. But I never knew she knew how to play the guitar. And she was sitting there with my guitar playing a song called The Little Brown Jug. Can't find it anywhere. I've been looking for it my whole life. (laughs) And I still haven't found it. And um, she was playing a song called The Little Brown Jug on my guitar and singing. And she had had a stroke, so her speech was slurring and stuff like that. And uh. And I was like, wow, it just blew my mind. Yeah. Five days later, my grandma was dead. And and all of this, all of this all goes back to Eddie. All, every, yeah. Everything I'm saying yeah. goes back to Eddie. So my grandmother dies, you know, where everybody's just destroyed in the family, of course. Um, and I, I get hurt playing football. Uh, I started, uh, we started... spring training for the you know coming up football season i got hurt uh um and and not even playing football that was what was so fucked up about it we were having uh we played these games in the in the fucking gym whenever it was raining outside yeah and we were playing a game called pillow polo it's like hockey but you got a hard nerf ball and a stick with a pillow on it Mm -hmm. and i was playing goalie and um like five guys come fighting for the ball right up. And I go for the ball. When I do, every one of them hit me. They throw me back. I spin around. And right when I spun around, I slammed into a block wall. Slammed right into it. Shattered my collarbone. I mean, just fucked it up. Shattered my collarbone. So I couldn't play football. And in a way... All of this shit, it, it was like uh, it was like meant to be. I guess it was I don't all know. Steps on the it, path yes. of where. So I couldn't play football. So I couldn't do anything with my arm. I had uh, my arm was in a sling for like six and a half weeks, and then when I got it out of the sling, uh, the very first thing I tried to do was hold a guitar pick. Mm-hmm. That was the very first thing I tried to do, and uh, and now during this time, I am actually learning how to press the strings on the guitar to get a note to come out right yeah because it's my left hand is fine Mm -hmm. um so the sling comes off um i meet this kid he plays guitar he shows me how to make a bar chord and uh I, i i learned how to make a bar chord on the guitar and um and the very first song i ever learned was godzilla by blue oyster cult that was the very first song i ever played and um, I learned uh, when I learned the bar chord, I learned you could move the bar chord all around and you could learn songs. You yeah. Know? Oh, yeah. And I just you naturally. Learn a lot of songs. Yes. And I just naturally had an ear for music. I could pick things out, you know. Mm-hmm. And so after um, I learned how to play the bar chord and then I started playing more and more and I started going to older friends of mine that played guitar that were really good guitar players. There's a guy's name's Jimmy. I've talked about him before. Um, and, and he comes into this story in a funny way, but there, there was a lot of older guys. They were, 
They had been in bands. They played guitar. They were really good. And I would always ask them questions. I was always asking them everything about mm-hmm. the trying to learn. You know, I was just trying to learn. Soak it all in. And um, so all the guys I'm talking about were Hendrix disciples. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? They oh, were yeah. they were Hendrix, Clapton, Jimmy, Jimmy Page, Page yep. all that. Yep. Okay. Now, they were great guitar players. All of them were fucking great. But I would take a Van Halen song to one of them. And I would say, how is he doing this? Yeah. And they would they would sit there and fuck around on the guitar, and they'd say, I don't know. And I was like, okay. And so I started buying uh, magazines, any magazine I could find with Eddie Van Halen in it, and reading interviews. And from those interviews, um, Eddie would explain what he's doing on the guitar. Mm-hmm. I would read the interview, and then I would – drop the needle on the album mm-hmm. and then I would read the interview again and I would drop the needle on the album and I would sit in my room and by doing this over and over and over again I learned what he was doing and the the, the, the craziest thing was the finger tapping uh, the right hand tapping yep. that's what he's known for you know that the way I learned how to do that is the craziest thing of all I was Playing my guitar one day, mm-hmm. the strap came off. I go to grab my guitar, and when I did, my index finger hit the hit a fret on my guitar, and it made a note. Yeah, and I was like, "Holy shit!" It was like it was the it was the fucking aha moment for me. I sat down on my bed and I started banging my index finger from my right hand on the fretboard, yeah. and started hearing notes come out. Yeah. And then I started doing the with the other finger and <laughs> voila, I had figured out tapping. This is what's crazy. The hometown I lived in, it was, it was small, you know, it's maybe 40, 50,000 people. Uh so there were other guitar players that were my age. But I was the first one to figure out what the fuck Eddie was doing. I was the first one to figure it out. This is what made it really crazy. I started um learning Van Halen songs and listening and just over and over and over and over again and i would go uh you know i mean we're talking 1981 now um and then going into 82 so by that time you know they had four albums out so i had you know four albums worth of just straight up you know homework i mean it was like it was i I would come home every day and i would sit in my room for hours and hours and hours and do this and my dad would walk in the only thing i would ever hear from my dad is turn that shit down Mm -hmm. that's that's the only thing i would ever hear from him he would come in my room he would look at me with this fucking puzzled look on his face and wouldn't say a word and would just walk out and my fingers would be bleeding from learning how to play this guitar I mean, actually bleeding, blood fucking dripping off. And he'd just shake his head and walk out of the room. Just thinking, had, this is crazy. He has no idea. And, and so th- this, this is where the, the older guys come in. This is really funny. I had met my really good friend, Derek. Once I met Derek, that's when the bands, I mean, it just, it was like a, it was a natural step. I met Derek. Derek, uh, played guitar when I met him and switched to bass. Mm-hmm. And then we got a drummer and boom, we had a band. Yep. And then it was it was just on. It was on. We we started and we never stopped. And so 
we this is this is the funny part. All of these older guys, we had always wanted to get you know we always wanted to play in the bars and stuff that they were getting gigs in. And uh, but they all they would always say, "Oh, you're too young. You can't play here," and all this kind of shit, right? Yeah. So can't have teenagers. In Van the bar. Halen. Van Halen starts getting big, and then all of a sudden, all these other bands like Motley Crue and Rat, and all these bands start coming in, and a scene starts happening, right? Yeah. Now all of a sudden, we're getting all the gigs, and those guys don't know what the fuck to do. All the Hendrix so, disciples, right? Yeah. All the Hendrix people are like. Nobody wants to hear this shit. They all want to hear this other shit. <laughs> yeah. So this is, this is really funny is Jimmy, my buddy Jimmy. God, I, I miss this guy so much, man. He passed away in the 90s, but it, I mean, he's a really good guy. I used to sit in Jimmy's house and watch him play guitar. Just, just watch him. Just watch him. Amazing guitar player. Incredible. And I would just sit and watch him for hours. Well, one day Jimmy uh, says to me, show me that Van Halen riff. And and he had never asked me to show him anything, you know yeah. what I'm saying? And I was like, wow, you know. And I said, and I'm like, all right. So I take his guitar and I show him how to how to play some Van Halen shit, you know. Yeah. And and he's sitting there and he's you know he starts doing it, you know, and he's like, it just feels weird, man. It don't feel right, you know. And I'm like, yeah, whatever, you know. And <laughs> and uh and that's when he came up with the name for me, Freddie Van Hamster. He. That's what I was known to him for the rest uh, the rest of the time we were ever together. Yeah. I was Freddie Van Hamster. <laughs> I would knock on his door and he'd say, what's up, Freddie? Yeah. And so Eddie Van Halen, like I said, I can't put into words everything that that guy has meant to me in my life. Um, from the studio we're sitting in right now, the seed that was planted into my head to have a recording studio in my house was Eddie Van Halen. Mm -hmm. Eddie Van Halen built his own studio, 5150, uh, behind his house. And I remember reading all the interviews with him and about how, how all the equipment he was buying. And it was meant to be. I, I, I really feel that way. I just wanted to, you know, um, I see people throwing everything on Facebook and... I really didn't feel like doing that, you know, I, and yeah. I, I, that's not my way. I, I just don't do that, you know, and uh, but I, I wanted people to know, you know, what no, the, I, and, I think it's fucking great. And, and, and all of my friends that I grew up with that really know me, mm -hmm. every one of them have given me space. Every one of them. Yeah. And now they're starting to call me. They're like, dude, how you doing? Yeah. How, how are you? I knew not to call you. And, you know, I finally did get to meet him. You know, I met him in 1998. They were here in Atlanta. I got to meet the whole band. It was just, it was fucking great. And said the stupidest thing that I could ever say, you know, because I was fucking, I was just dumbfounded. Um, I'm standing there shaking his hand, and the only thing I can think to say is, you're Eddie Van Halen. <laughs> and he said, I am. <laughs> and, I was, and, I, and, I'm, and it was just like, it was the, I don't know, you know, starstruck whatever you want to call it i was that times 10 that day oh yeah and it was the greatest moment of my life followed by the most embarrassing moment of my life <laughs> oh, no. is when we were walking out of the room yeah before we went in uh the guy that was taking us in we were guests of warner brothers and the guy that was taking us in was showing us these cameras these they, they had these uh throwaway cameras and they were 
they looked like Eddie's guitar. You know, they were striped. They were all yep. red, red, black, and white striped, like Eddie's guitar. And I was like, damn, those are cool, you know? And uh, the guy tells us, I swear he said this, before we go in, he says, now everybody will get one of these. I'm like, oh, cool. Oh, yeah. So we go in. We get our picture made. I actually have a picture of us. <laughs> and uh, we get our picture made with, with, with the band, and we're hanging out with them and shit. And we get ready to leave. And my buddy Jimmy that I... That You've been act, referencing? That, that actually... Well, no, no, this is a different Jimmy. Oh, shit. Uh, no. You got too many gyms in your life. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> I know a lot of gyms. A lot of gyms. But no, this is my buddy Jimmy, the bass player. He was, he was the one that actually got... Knew the people that get us in to meet Van Halen. And um, I love you, brother, for that. Good Lord. Um, and he knows. <laughs> he knows how much that meant to me. But uh, so we're leaving, right? And there's these huge boxes with the little Eddie Van Halen cameras in them, right? Yeah. Jimmy's in front of me. We're walking out the door. Jimmy grabs one, right? He walks out the door. I grab one. This huge fucking roadie sees me grab one. And he's like, stop, put that back. And I, and I turn around and he's, and he's looking at me and I'm like, what? <laughs> oh, shit. Put that fucking camera down now. And I'm freaking out. And I put the camera back in the box. Now get the fuck out of here. And I look and the whole band's laughing at me. The whole <laughs> fucking band. They're just laughing their ass off. You made Eddie Van Halen laugh. I did. I made him laugh and he made me cry. There but, you go. But yeah. You know, I don't want to go too long with this, but I just wanted people to know, you know, what he meant to me. And, uh, and you, you know, if people want to listen to this, they will. And if they don't, they don't have to. Yeah. And the only thing that I would ask anybody that is listening to this, go, go back and go seek out some of the early Van Halen albums. Insane. Van Halen 2 and Fair Warning. Yes. If, if, to me, personally... You know, uh, most people know Van Halen from Jump Forward. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what they know. Um, Jump, you know, was a great song, yes, but there are other songs on 1984 that are way better than Jump. Yeah, you know, and depending like on when you're born, right. you might only know the Sammy Hagar right. Van Halen. Exactly. Which is fine. Yep. But for me, and I don't want to speak for you, Doug, but for me, Van Halen is... The original four. Well, well, and and you know, um, I agree with that. Um, it was a different band. It was a different band with Sammy Hagar, but at the same time, it's still Van Halen. When you listen to the to the music, yep. you know, it's still Van Halen. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I agree. I agree that you can't. It's just like Kiss. You know, it's like Kiss. The original four, man. That's, yep. You can't. You, once once a band gets to a certain point and there's a chemistry and shit's really starting to happen and that band breaks up, there can never be the dynamics any, different. Yeah, yeah, completely. Because it's just like anything else, any other relationship. You remove one part of that, it's it can't be that. Right, right. It just can't be. And and it doesn't matter that that you know Sammy Hagar sold more albums. With Van Halen, none of that. The, no. the, the album sales don't mean shit to me. No, and, me neither. And for a good example of that, Fair Warning is their least selling album of every Van Halen album. Yeah, in which we both agree is their best their one. fucking greatest album I, ever. I'll never forget, uh, Good. this might have been five, six years ago at this point. It's hard to tell. Hard to remember. Um, You're about right. But when my grandmother died on my dad's side, I got her record player. And all of her records. And so I started 
listening to records. Um, and well, it's safe to say that we didn't have the same listening tastes. But she didn't have fair warning. No, <laughs> uh, she wasn't as a rockin' granny as what you had. Yeah, I don't even. I don't think she even knew how to play guitar. Yeah. But that got me into wanting to go out and buy some vinyl. Right. And the best thing, or not the best thing, that I was about to say something real dumb. But one of the good things about vinyl is the album artwork. It's recognizable. It's big. It's in your face. Exactly. So I saw, I came across a Van Halen album that I had never seen before. I, I you know, I, I'm a child of the eighties. I grew up during the jump and all that stuff. I had never heard of this album. Didn't know it even existed until like six years ago. I had to have it. Cause I was just like, ah, oh, there's some Van Halen that I don't know. Right. And, and I'd looked at the date and I was like, this is during the original, this is with David Lee Roth. Right. Right. I got it. I got it. So I bought it and it was the same day. Where you had come across some old floor speakers that you had, right? And you're like, Jim, I, I these aren't doing anything over here. Would you like to hook them up? And I was like, Oh hell yeah! And so you were bringing them over as I was putting the new stash that I bought that day down, and you saw fair warning. Yeah. You're like, Ah, your reaction <laughs> to me buying that album did something to me because I was like, oh, I got to, yeah. I, I I think I might have found the diamond in the rough. Yeah. One of the greatest uh, albums ever, man. And I listened to it immediately. I think I listened to it as I was hooking up the speakers. Yeah. I don't yeah, even think we I waited. To it. And I was just like, holy fucking shit. This is the best Van Halen that exists. And that's not hyperbole. I'm not saying that just because of the time that we're in now. Right, right. I've been saying this to you ever since I heard it. Yeah. It, it, it's an incredible album, man. It really is. And people, you know, like like you said, a lot of people don't know about it. And, yeah. you know, rightfully so. I mean, everybody has their their thing, you know, like, it's just like the older guitar players I talk about. You know, they they had their Hendrix. Mm -hmm. You know, Eddie, Eddie was ours. Yeah. Eddie was all ours. You know, he was, he was uh, as, as far as my generation goes, he was it, dude. He was oh, yeah. ours. And and Randy Rhodes, you know, he same, same, same thing with Randy Rhodes, but Randy Rhodes died. Um very quickly yeah uh very quick eddie had a you know had a has a legacy you know yeah. um of just massive amounts of music that's yeah. killer he had the time to put out that catalog yeah exactly and you know i came along uh i'm i don't know 13 years younger than you doug yeah so i didn't have that same time uh, as things were coming out. Right. But I, I also played guitar growing up. I think I got a guitar when I was in the sixth grade. Uh, my first one, maybe seventh grade. Again, fuzzy. <laughs> <laughs> Little fuzzy. But I took guitar lessons for, for like two years from, uh, from a guy, uh, the son of the guy who owned the local music store in right. the town I grew up in. And But he was more of a punk kid. Like he wanted to, you know, he wanted, ska was coming up. Right, he wanted right. to, Anytime I ever just came in and heard him playing, he was always playing that kind of shit, and I never gave a fuck about that. Right. I wanted to learn Van Halen, right. Metallica, ACDC, that shit. Because I, the first thing is, like, you had to figure out how to finger tap. The first thing I wanted him to show me was how to finger tap. Because <laughs> it was the coolest fucking sounding thing ever yeah, that you could it, do it on a is. guitar. It really is. And, and, and you know, uh, nobody really thinks about um when you're looking at uh a period in time and you go from something not existing to everybody does it mm -hmm. now 
You know? Yeah. That's what happened with the tapping. Yeah. And and it's also uh, what happened with putting a humbucker in a strat-shaped guitar and locking the strings to keep it from going out of tune. So Eddie Van Halen is responsible for so many things that still... Uh, Every guitar manufacturer still does today. He re-engineered the guitar. Yes, he did. And that's something that even Hendrix didn't do. No. so Because well, Hendrix didn't have a Frankenstein. So when you look at... Yeah, exactly. You know, Eddie built his own guitar. Exactly. And then things, components that he created, then got carried over and became part of the guitar industry. Yep. And they're must-haves now. <laughs> if you're going to even claim to be a, you know... An actual rock solid guitarist. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's just now tools of the trade. Yeah, exactly. So, and there's so many guitar players, man, that they wouldn't be able to, you know, even exist without the things that Eddie did. I yeah. mean, there, and and you know, I'm probably one of them. I am. I try not to tap as much anymore, but I can't stop it because it's actually become part of me now. Mm -hmm. You know, from yeah. doing it for so long, and I feel like every time I do it, you know. Uh, I, it, it's a it's a weird feeling because at the same time that I feel like thanks Eddie you know at the same time I'm thinking fuck I tapped again that's yeah. Eddie's thing yeah. you know and so it's a it's a double you know it's a double edged sword there man it's but I'd still do it and I and I won't stop doing it I mean so anybody buys any music from us and you listen to our shit you will hear tapping somewhere. You now, will hear it. And now you know where it and, originated and from. You, yes. Now exactly. you got a little history on it. And you're gonna and you're gonna hear other things that, you know, would lead you to believe that Eddie meant a lot more to me than than most. Absolutely. So, yeah, I just wanted to I wanted to get all that out. And uh it's just fucking sad, man. Sad. It, it is. You it, know, it's it's uh, it it was like that man. Last week was one of the, like I said, I had two heroes, uh, my dad and Eddie. And I feel the same way when they both passed away. Mm -hmm. I know it sounds weird, you know, because, I mean, I'm talking about my father. And then I'm talking about a guy that just played guitar. But yeah. to me, he wasn't he just a guy that played guitar. You know, I mean, so to everybody, and I know there's a lot of guitar players that feel exactly the way I do. I know that. Absolutely. There's, uh, I've I seen know it. this. Yeah. yeah. And, and you know, because at the same time I was in my room uh, banging out Eddie, Eddie shit, so was Dimebag. So was fucking Zach Wild. So all these guitar players that everybody knows now, mm -hmm. they were doing the same thing at the same time with Eddie. Yeah. It's same shit. Yeah. So it's um, way beyond a legacy. You know, it really is. I mean, when you look at Hendrix, Hendrix, yes, he did some shit that nobody had done. Um, he was a, I, I would say that Hendrix and Eddie are from the same planet, you know, mm -hmm. whatever planet that is, uh, that sends down these fucking things every once in a while just to shake shit up. It's one I'd like to visit. Exactly. But, uh, <laughs> and, and what's crazy is there's, you know, you'd look at YouTube now and, there's all these incredible. I mean, you 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 know you can see like nine year old kids that are just fucking insane. Just players. little virtuosos yeah, out there. Yeah, yeah, insane players. Yeah, and uh, you know, a lot of that, and a lot of that is the culture. You know, it's YouTube. I mean, you can go on YouTube. You can learn anything you want on YouTube. 
Yeah. Um, you can cut a lot of corners. Yeah. And and you you couldn't do that in '81. No. There was no YouTube. There was there, uh, there was no internet. There was no. The only way you could figure shit out is to keep dropping that fucking needle over and over yeah. and over. Your again. ears and time. That's is it. all you had. That's all you had. The more time you put in, the more you would get out of it. And it's that's true. The more time, if you're if you're good, um, or if you're gonna be good at an instrument, the more time you put into it, that you're gonna get all of that out of it. Yeah, everything. And it's the only way to get to yes, there. It is. It and is. and it and it can also supersede uh music. Yeah. Anything. Yeah. If you end up you you don't end up being good at something, you have to work for it. Yes. It it's the it's the time, it's the sweat equity. Yeah. You you gotta you gotta be fully devoted. And when something comes along that is so groundbreaking and revolutionary, you almost have to give it that respect yeah and give it that time yes you do so <laughs> cheers to you brother i'm glad yeah, we did this i am i am glad we did this too so this one this one's gonna be a short one but i just had this had to do this and i want to say rest in peace eddie you know prayers to wolfgang alex all, all you guys um i know you're i know you're hurting believe me you're not alone he wasn't my brother, but uh, it's probably as close as you could get. That is my Edward Van Halen story of uh, what he meant to me. I love it. So we'll leave it at that. And uh, rest in peace, Eddie. <laughs>